Which one you can trust? Hi, this is Elizabeth. And JT Craft with EBA Hearing and Sound. In a world of internet purchasing, virtual consultations, and confusing pricing options, we want to offer you reprieve. We want to answer your tough questions and demystify hearing aids for you. We are offering you a unique opportunity now through March 15th. Just schedule a free hearing test and bring questions with you. We would be honored to share some insight into the hearing aid world with you. If you decide that new technology is what you need, we will discount your new purchase by 10%. You can save up to $650 on a new hearing aid purchase. It's time for clarity. You deserve it. EBA Hearing and Sound, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. It's spring cleaning time, and few things make you feel better than having a clean, shiny car or truck. It's almost like driving a new vehicle. Everybody seems to be checking you out. Feel that way again with a stop at Martini Detailing. The Martini crew will have you looking shiny and new in no time. They'll even pick up and deliver your vehicle within the city limits. Hey, it's not too early to get a gift card for Mother's Day as well. Visit Martini Detailing today at 409 Broadway in Sheridan. Part-time employment at $17 to $18 an hour with a pro-rated benefits package that includes sick leave, vacation, retirement contributions, and paid holidays? Sheridan County Fulmer Public Library is currently looking to hire a friendly, positive person to manage their Wyoming room. They'll supervise and manage volunteers, assist patrons, and oversee acquisition of Wyoming room materials. If this sounds good to you, get your application packet online today at SheridanWyoLibrary.org. Hi, this is Brad at Primary Motors, where we know everyone's story is different. Recently, we had a long-term customer who had a very specific vehicle in mind that was not on the lot, but wanted to keep their business local. By searching our sources, we were able to find the exact vehicle they wanted and brought it to our lot for them to test. We took their trade-in, which we had sold them years ago, and got them in the car they wanted. Primary Motors, making customers happy for decades. See us today at 2305 Coffin Avenue or at primarymotors.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. Now, the University of Wyoming Profiles in Wyoming Resilience Research Project is a statewide effort to get a better picture of the opportunities and the barriers Wyoming citizens face on a day-to-day basis. And joining me this morning are the two co-leaders of the Profiles in Wyoming Resilience Research Project, Dr. Jean Garrison, Professor of International Studies and Political Science at UW and graduate of Tongue River High School. And we're also joined by co-lead Dr. Jason McConnell. He's the Assistant Professor of Political Science at UW. Dr. Garrison, Dr. McConnell, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Hey, good morning. uh, As we go in, we've heard a little bit of an introduction to this project. But in your own words, can you tell us just what the Profiles in Wyoming Resilience Research Project is? And I'll start with you, Dr. Garrison. 
Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Floyd. And it's great to be with you, you know, on the radio. <laughs> um, so this is a project that um, Jason and I uh, thought about because of our work around Wyoming and just seeing that there are opportunities in one community that you learn about. And a lot of times you hear about opportunities or barriers in another. And we were very interested in connecting the dots and finding out how people view their own communities, uh, particularly along the lines of educational attainment, um, workforce or employment, and then community resilience. Uh, Dr. McConnell, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, sure. You know, I I agree with Jean. Um, she and I used to travel a fair bit across Wyoming, meeting with folks all over the state. Uh, we certainly traveled a lot more before the pandemic. And something she and I noticed was a lot of folks across the state are talking about the same kinds of issues facing our communities. And so we're hoping this conversation, uh, I'm sorry, we're hoping this project will actually help bring those conversations together so we can help facilitate matching up not just problems but solutions. Um, a lot of our communities across Wyoming are very resilient. Well, we're interested in figuring out how they're doing that. Now, Dr. Garrison, what is being asked of Wyoming residents for this project? We're asking people to share photos and explain what it means to them um, and lining up with those three areas of educational attainment, community resilience, and um, employment opportunities. And we're really looking for voices through pictures, uh, sharing that uh, and sharing it. We have you know, a variety of ways, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about how people can share photos. But we're interested in their perceptions of their communities so that we can do exactly what Jason just talked about, kind of connecting the dots. So what exactly, uh, and, and Dr. McConnell, this is for you, what exactly are those photos supposed to show? When, when I grab my camera and I head out into the street, what am I looking for? Okay, so um, Gene and I worked down here in Laramie at the university, but that being said, uh, last year I spent a lot of time driving north out of Laramie towards Casper, Buffalo, Sheridan even. Um, as I drove up through Medicine Bow, Wyoming, my eye was always drawn to the school there that's been closed for a few years. Now, that building is actually not very old, but the decision was made to close that school in Medicine Bow for a variety of reasons. So realistically, someone in Medicine Bow could think that's a good idea. They could think that's a bad idea. Either way, they could take a picture of that closed school and submit it to our project and then talk to us about how that school closing changed educational opportunities for kiddos in Medicine Bow. That's the kind of thing we're looking for. Okay, so um, just for instance, I'm going to throw something. There's a town on the southern uh, side of Wyoming. I'm not going to say its name, but there's a downtown region within this city. It's pretty run down, but it looks like it could really be something. Uh, it, it, would that be like sure. a photo that I take and then I say, you know what, look at all this. Look at all this area where someone can come uh, start a business. Sure, absolutely. Um, certainly we've had some people submit similar pictures. You know, open retail space, open, uh, open commercial real estate that could easily be turned into some sort of business opportunity. You bet, Floyd. That's exactly what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. now, Dr. And, you know, Floyd, I can give you a 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, please. go ahead, Floyd. Please, ma'am. Please, please, go ahead. I'm just going to – I'll give you another example. I, uh, one of the photos that I took, which we put up as an example up on our website, was of – I was in a, a meeting of Laramie Main Street, and we were having a, a meeting. So I, I think about all of the civic organizations that we have and all the volunteer work that people do. So I took a picture of people and, and the shop small uh, um, poster was in the background, and I put a description on that that, to me, this demonstrates the strength of our people being involved in their communities, working with economic development organizations in this case, and just how that was, what you know, what an opportunity that brings to our downtowns. So some of these are photos of, you know, a variety of things. Um, and But that's one example, kind of a group of folks. And I had them turn their heads so that we, we didn't have to, uh, you know, block out their faces because we don't want to have photos of people who, you know, unless we have their permission to use their photos. But uh, I think people are part of the resilience of our communities as well, things and and people. Okay. So basically uh, not just the things that we think uh, could do with some improvement, but things that we think are working mm-hmm. out very well. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's really important. Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, that's that's one of the prompts you'll get is how is this an opportunity or a barrier uh, based on one of those three categories that we talked about. Now, uh, Dr. Garrison, is there a specific way that I am to describe? what I'm trying to show you in the photo, or or just use my own words and, and type up a brief summary. Oh, you should absolutely use your own words. We're interested in your perceptions of the photo you are sharing. And this is a way of getting at, um, you know, uh, perspectives that we don't get in regular surveys. We're very interested in what people think about the things in their communities, what they're very proud of, what they'd like to see improved, um, so that we can then see what, what kind of commonalities and patterns do we see across the state. And this, pro, this project is richer if we get a lot of people participating. We can get a much richer profile of, for example, Sheridan County, Sheridan, the whole area there around the east face of the Bighorns. Now, Dr. McConnell, tell me once more the areas of focus that I should be thinking about as I grab my camera and head out into my community. What are those areas? So as Dean and I have been talking with people around the state, lots of folks are interested in education, they're interested in jobs, employment, and they're also interested in uh, what we're calling community resilience, what makes communities thrive. So if folks could take images they think relate back to education, employment, or what makes their community resilient, uh, that would be amazing. That would be really fantastic information to get. So I'm going to throw a a, a quick example out there. Uh, The city of Sheridan, luckily, did not suffer as much as uh, some municipalities within the state over the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, when I say the city of Sheridan, I'm being very specific about uh, our economy itself. Uh, You know, we had small businesses that suffered, but due to a diversification, we were able to kind of limp out of this thing in, in better condition than many. So I'd grab my camera, I'd run around town, I'd take photos of the things that I think <laughs> helped out with that, right? Sure. <laughs> I, I, I'd say you might actually already have some of these on your camera. So when you, when you use the survey that we have available on our website, you've got a camera roll, and you can, you can 
you know, pop, you know, kind of hit that survey, and then you can go ahead and, um, um, you know, just pull up pictures you already have and even think about it before you do the survey. Now, what are we wanting to really discover through this process? Uh, Dr. Garrison, I'll go with you on that one. What What is the, the ultimate goal here of collection of all these photos, all these different descriptions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we're really trying to do is get a rich profile of the communities around Wyoming and then use that to create stories, you know, a profile of, a, of each community, put it up on an, on an interactive website and that it creates data that people can access, you know, public, you know, public officials and, and the public themselves. But we really want to have some focus groups and community discussions to come out of it. So whatever people um, share, we're hoping to, we really want to have something that is useful to people. And it lines up with some of the other data that the state already collects across these particular categories, but it's richer and deeper and it can really reflect uh, the voices of people who aren't often uh, surveyed, honestly. Who's going to have access to this database once it's all finished? Municipalities, universities, uh, area, people like that, or everyone? Everyone, because the the goal is to, by the end of the summer or early part of of the fall, to have an interactive website that map it, essentially map what the results that we have, and that people can kind of click on a town and kind of see what see what was submitted. So it's it's completely publicly accessible, as well as we hope to be used by uh, you know uh, decision makers as well. Exactly, uh, uh, Dr. Garrison. Uh, what if a private business was trying to conduct a survey or, or, or a study? Uh, municipalities run studies all the time. Uh, we just ran one on housing. Could they use information from this website freely? Yes. Wow. So this is, this is basically for everyone in Wyoming. Yes. And, any, frankly, anybody outside of Wyoming who wants to get a sense of Wyoming. And I, we think that and Jason can add, might want to add his two cents on this, but we're trying to get at voices that aren't normally heard. And I think so we, we have actively got, asked stakeholders to participate, but we really want the average citizen to participate in this. Um, we'll, it will be as rich as the participation we get. So we're looking for Joe and Jill Snuffy to to grab their cameras and head out. Uh, Dr. McConnell, you have something would you like to add? You know, Floyd, I think you touched on it before. Um, There are communities in Wyoming that uh, did better through the pandemic than others. We want to hear those stories. We also want to hear from the ones that may have had a harder time. What did that look like? Um, You know, Going out and taking pictures of what's going on in your town, in your city, that's exactly the kind of information we need to get because while we can learn some things from data like uh, unemployment figures or graduation rates at the local high school or something like that, we can learn a lot of information, but we really need that texture that Gene was talking about. We need the context. We need to hear from individual Wyomingites about what's going on in their community. Now, these are all just 
photos that you want, no videos, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, we'll continue with the University of Wyoming Profiles in Wyoming Resilience Research Project. This is Public Pulse on 930K early. 103.9 FM. Share it in. Are you a professional in the mechanical trades? Powder River Heating and Air Conditioning, a family-owned company, is currently hiring commercial construction plumbers and service plumbers. Benefits include year-round employment with great pay based on experience and performance, health insurance, life insurance, a 401k, paid holidays, vacation, and travel time. Ready for a change? Apply online at powderriverheating.com or email kent at prhvac.com. Powder River Heating and Air Conditioning is an equal opportunity employer. With tax season here, let's get you into a quality pre-owned vehicle from County 3 Autos. This is Jim Wolf with County 3 Autos. Cindy and I would love to get you financed using your hard-earned tax money. We really have some nice pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Who knows? We may even have your dream vehicle or help you find one. Stop by County 3 Auto today at 1506 North Main Street or go online to county3auto.com. Hoopsisteria is back, and this is a college basketball season you won't want to miss. Sheridan Motors VIP Benton Johnson will be facing off against Home Stars VIP Autumn Morris, as well as me, the defending champ James Timberlake, and Trevor Jackson. You can play too. Go to SheridanMedia.com, click on the Hoopsisteria banner, choose the winners for your bracket, and you're all set. You have until Thursday. Hoopsisteria, brought to you by Sheridan Motors and Home Star. What's up with the weather? Sunny one minute, blizzard the next. The new forecast now calls for big savings at Midas. Save up to 170 bucks with the installation of four select tires at Midas Tire and Auto, which happens to come with free brake inspection. If you happen to need brake service, you can save another 50 bucks. Whatever you need, Midas will keep you rolling safely this spring with a little more green in your pocket. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane and Sheridan. Take a class for fun at Sheridan College this spring. Learn Adobe InDesign, fly fishing, fly tying, or snowshoeing from expert instructors. To see all classes and to register, go to Sheridan.edu forward slash plus. That's Sheridan.edu forward slash plus. Or call 675-0100 today. Register now. Classes begin March 16th and are eight weeks unless otherwise noted. Sheridan College, begin your journey. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I'm speaking with the team leading profiles in Wyoming Resilience Research Training, or excuse me, Research Project, Professor of International Studies and Political Science at UW, and a graduate of Tongue River High School, Dr. Gene Garrison. And Dr. Jason McConnell, he's an assistant professor of political science at UW. This project is asking Wyoming residents to share and describe their pictures that they are sending to them. Now, we're looking for photos of maybe your favorite building, situations that you think need to be addressed, 
things that you think are going well in your community. They do ask that we try to hide the faces of individuals. We're not looking for faces here. We're looking for ideas. So we're looking for resilience. Now, Dr. Garrison, who came up with this idea? Is this something brand new, or is this something that's been done before and we've altered it for our state? Well, I'm going to say a couple of things, and then I'm going to turn it over to Jason to to fill it in a little bit more. Um, this is a this is a project that uses Photo Voice, which is a um, which is a platform which allows us to compare and contrast, um, um, you know, photos. It's really actually I'm not explaining it too well, but it's really the descriptions that allow us to do the comparison and the contrast, and to get at the voices of, of folks. You know, kind of community voices. Um, Jason, do you want to kind of give your two cents on that? Yeah, so I'm sure folks have heard the old saw, a picture's worth a thousand words. Uh, the method that we're using actually builds off the reality of that. Uh, we want folks to submit their pictures so that when we read through their descriptions of it, we can get a great understanding of exactly what they're talking about. So uh, to come back to Floyd's questions directly, uh, this is something that's been done before in a lot of settings. Um, photo voice has been used for, I don't know, the last uh, 15, maybe 20 years to look at all sorts of issues in communities across the United States and, for that matter, around the world. Um, to our knowledge, this is the first time anybody's been trying to use this method, photo voice, across an entire state, <laughs> and we're certainly not aware of anybody else giving this a go across Wyoming. Now, uh, I, I'll go with you, uh, Dr. McConnell. How do we share these photos? W once I've got my camera okay, roll so, all set up. So we actually have a, uh, an array of ways that folks can share their stuff with us. Um, Gene and I are actually co-directors of the Malcolm Wallop Civic Engagement Program. Um, our Wallop Program is active on social media. Uh, folks who are active on platforms like Facebook or Instagram can uh, find us there and share their images and descriptions with us. That's perfectly fine. I know a lot of folks are on social media, but some folks are not. Uh, for folks out there on a platform called LinkedIn, uh, we're also active there. And then if none of that's appealing to you, uh, we also have a survey link that we can uh, share with uh, you, Floyd, in the station. So you can post it on your website, possibly. That would be amazing. And folks can click on the link. They can access it through their computer, through their smartphone. It's super easy. You just upload your picture and give us a description of it. Um, Dean, did I leave anything out? Yeah, I think that probably the easiest way to find all those um, ways to share is to go to our website, which is uwyo.edu backslash wallop. And you can find the survey link there. You can find all the information on the project. You can find information on two more webinars that uh, that we're going to be doing, one tomorrow, Tuesday at 530. There's one Wednesday at noon. We also have a recording of that. So, And we're also very willing, Floyd, if people want to drop us an email at wallop at uwyo.edu, we'll walk people through this. So if you have a if, – if an organization or the chamber, for example, wants to maybe have – their whole uh, the whole membership think about uh, participating in this. We'd be willing to come in and walk people through it. It takes about we think it takes about ten minutes for people to do this. That's the commitment we're asking people uh, to give to this project. 
Um, but we're willing to walk people through it um, or just anybody who might want to be the ones to share it with their group. So there's there's multiple ways to do it. And uh, if anybody's confused, drop us a line and we'll help you out. Now, Dr. Garrison, there are some safety things to keep in mind when we're out taking photos. Uh, I was a photographer for years, so I, I know uh, these things kind of come second nature to me. But what should people keep in mind when they're out uh, taking photos for this project, safety-wise? Well, safety-wise, well, it's really important that you don't trespass. <laughs> we don't want to put anybody into any uh, danger. Uh, we, we really... Uh, don't want people to uh, be taking pictures of any illegal activity. <laughs> um, I think, you know, some of those common sense elements, um, you know, be care you know, that's, you, you might have, that's why I'm saying you might not be going out and doing it. You might be simply going through your camera roll on your phone. Have I missed any of the things, Jason, that we kind of warn? We kind of do a do's and don'ts in our webinar. You know, that, that all sounds really solid to me. Um, I'll just circle back around. A lot of the pictures I've got on my phone actually have people's faces. If folks have some images that uh, show some friends of theirs, maybe their family, something like that, and they really want to share those with us, hey, we can use that too as long as we get a signed model release form. We can help walk, walk folks through that. It's super easy. Okay, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, just in case, you know, hey, I got a great shot of this building, but my wife was standing in front of it, so... Uh, uh, even yep. though I want to submit that, I can submit it just as long as I get a nice written release, which uh, you have on the website. Yes, yep. we do. Okay, that's fantastic. Now, um, uh, go ahead, Matt. I said there's one other element. Um, we're asking people to be 18 and older to to participate in this. So if you're if this is something that uh, you do need to be 18 and older to be the person taking the picture. Now, one more time, how do we submit the photos? Uh, I'll go Dr. Uh, McConnell. Okay. So, um, actually, Gene's answer from a second ago is probably a bit more elegant than mine. Um, if you go to our website, uh, slash wallop, W A L L O P, on that website, you'll find our project there with links to all sorts of different ways you can submit it, either through our social media profiles or a direct survey link. Uh, also, you'll find all sorts of contact information for our team there, um, email address, phone number. We would be more than happy to talk with folks if they've got more questions or concerns about, about the project or how to participate. Dr. Garrison, Dr. McConnell, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your very busy days to sit down with us and talk about this amazing project. Uh, I really hope that you get a flood of photos out of Sheridan. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Floyd. All right, when we return, we're going to talk with the Trail and Historic Site. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
charitable giving is often an important part of your future. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Stiefel. I can help you develop a charitable giving strategy designed to potentially maximize your tax benefits and reduce your record-keeping burdens. Call us at 307-672-3434 to discuss how a Stiefel donor-advised fund can help create a positive impact on the causes you care most about. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. Exciting news. Candace Crane is here, the new GM at Sheridan Honda. Tell me what's going on. Tommy, thanks. Yeah, Valley Motor Honda is now Sheridan Honda. Same company, same great team, same great service, just a new name. And we're excited to be bringing back the $500 giveaway where you just stop in and say hi and register for a chance to win $500 in Chamber Bucks. We're really happy to be a part of this community, and this is our way of giving back. All right, stop in at Sheridan Honda and register today. Alpha Graphics is expanding. We recently acquired Sheridan Printing and have moved our shop to a new, larger location. We're now located at 2266 North Main, next door to the Social Security office. Our office is open while construction is in progress. Or, if you'd rather, you can contact us by calling 674-6227 or online at alphagraphicsheridan.com. We look forward to working with all of you in 2022. Are you looking to make extra cash and sell your unwanted items? Go to sharedomedia.com, post your items for free, or choose from our menu of options. You can have your items posted in the Country Bounty, read on Swap Shop, or listed on the front page of sharedomedia.com. Go to the classified section on sharedomedia.com. Let's get your items sold and turned into cash. If you're a business owner, you can post your employment opportunities. It's all right there. Classified section, sharedomedia.com. With more than 30 years of providing excellent service to Sheridan area businesses, Parker Mellinger has the knowledge and expertise to help solve your bookkeeping problems, answer questions about IRS notices, and discuss your business concerns. Schedule a review of your financial records today and we'll find solutions that work best for you. Ask about our exclusive fixed price agreement, one annual fee, unlimited phone calls and meetings. Parker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue, Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. Joining me for the second half of the show this morning is Site Superintendent for the Trail and State Historic Site, Sherry Shada, and her new educator, Interpretive Ranger, Lindley. Lindley Mayer. Meyer. Mayer. Mayer. Lindley Mayer. All right. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. You didn't know we were talking about how you didn't have to go through uh, a blizzard to get here this morning. So it's, <laughs> it's looking much nicer than it has been. Uh, the site is open, Sherry, correct? It opens April 1st. April 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're not open just yet. Not yet. Two now, weeks. when we look at the dates, when do you close? We uh, close the middle of December, so we're open for about nine months out of the year. 
So give or take December 18th, December 15th, 15th, somewhere around there. Yeah. Now, how do you take advantage of this time when the site is closed, you and your team have got to go in there? Is this time for like a deep clean? Yes. Take the rugs out? (laughs) We don't have to take the rugs out and beat them. Beat them. I was going to ask if you actually use, like, one of those antique ones, too. That'd we be funny. Don't, we don't. We have modern vacuum cleaners. Um, yeah, it's a good time to take everything down, refresh it. We do vacuum the draperies um, that are original, so we get the dust off of them, um, do any fixes that need to happen, but we also flip our exhibits during this time. So we take out the previous exhibit and start creating the new one. And what's the new exhibit? The new year? exhibit is about ranching. If if it weren't for ranches, there would be no trail end. So the title is Ranch Life, Mansion Life, The Dual Lives of the Kendrick Family, because they definitely lived very opposite lives at their two homes. Really? Mm-hmm. How did, uh, could you tell me a little bit about that, uh, the contrast to that? Uh, yeah. So at trail end, the Kendrick family employed servants. When he was a senator, they dined at the White House. They vacationed overseas. But they had ranches in parts of Wyoming and Montana. They had 10 ranches, and we would still consider these places remote today. They had 10 ranches. They did. They did. So <laughs> their main wow. ranch. Their main was this guy like the Bill Gates of his time? He I was mean, a, yeah, he was a um, cattle baron. Yeah. 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 He, he, like one of the, one of the good cattle barons? Yeah. Well, we think so. <laughs> right. So their main ranch is about 60 miles northeast of here. It's called the OW Ranch. It's still a privately owned working ranch today, but he um, got it started up there, and they had no running water, no electricity, no telephone service. They lived in a log cabin. It was a two-day wagon ride from here to there. So, um, you know, while they're at Sheridan, they have all these servants to help them at their house, and they arrive at the ranch. There are no servants. They're doing their own laundry. They're, um, you know, cooking their own food, but... If those ranches hadn't been successful, he wouldn't have made enough to build trail end. Yeah. Now, how many children did they have? They had two. They, so take the kids, throw them in uh, the wagon, yeah. ride up there. I mean, it's a good way to keep them humble. <laughs> well, I guess so, but that's uh, the only thing you know, you know, at the time. Right. <laughs> that's how people live. Right. Yeah. You go from the mansion out to yeah. a log cabin with no gotcha. servants. Yes. And keep them out there for a couple yeah. weeks and put them to work. Well, sure. I mean, that was their life. That's where they lived before they moved to Trail End, too. So actually living in Trail End was a huge change for them. How old were the kids when they moved in? They were 13 and 16. Oh, wow. So they were already... They'd been homeschooled They were already pretty established. Yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. The daughter, Rosa May, said that the ranch was her true home. Trail End felt very foreign and... and weird to her. Oh, wow. Like she so, thought she was going to get lost. <laughs> yeah. So like my perception yeah. of the kids is, is the exact opposite. Actually, yeah. they, they were country kids. kids. Yeah. And they yeah. weren't fond of the mansion as much as everyone else. Uh, it, it, it was an adjustment when they moved in. Yeah. That way, yeah. Country yeah. mouse getting thrown into the <laughs> the big happenings. That, yeah. Those poor yeah. kids. Yeah. Now I feel sorry for them. <laughs> <laughs> I really shouldn't. They had a vacuum when no one else did. Right. <laughs> All right, so uh, now we talked a little bit about um, the vacuums and, and some of the things that are up there at the trail. And w- w- the furniture that mm-hmm. is up there is period. It is original. Now, some folks have donated things over the years. Uh, a lot of the furniture that you have, and correct me if I'm wrong, is original furniture that belonged 
to the Kendricks, people have just gotten it back to you. Correct. Correct. So if someone out there is like, you know what, I think maybe that lounge chair could have possibly been owned by mm-hmm. the Kendricks, or, mm-hmm. or maybe they even know mm-hmm. that it was once, and they want to donate that. Mm-hmm. How do they do that? Uh, they can just call me at the site. We found that if the family hasn't donated the furniture back, it's coming from someone else. It was probably bought at the sale in the 1960s when the family moved out. And a lot of people have brought things back and said, my family got this at the sale. So that's a huge clue. But also people have donated things back, and we've been able to find those items in the historic photos of the house. Oh, wow. So we know that that fireplace um, great goes in the drawing room, yeah. for example. Well, that's pretty – that's amazing. So in 1960, that wasn't very long ago. That, it, it, you can't say, oh, well, this is a family heirloom that uh, we got from the Kendrick sale and it's going to go down through our right. line. Yeah, you could bring it back probably. Yeah. No, no issue. Uh, it, do you take donations of other period items that maybe didn't belong – to the Kendricks, but they definitely existed in that time period. And you're like, you know what? I'd love to have this in a museum where it's safe. I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about it. Are there guidelines? There are definitely guidelines. We have a collecting policy that we follow. So if it didn't belong to the family and we didn't have that item, but it kind of would fill a hole in our interpretation, we would consider having it, maybe putting it in a teaching collection, which says, you know, it didn't come from the family. This is something that visitors can look at, maybe handle, depending on it. Um, you know, because sometimes people don't know the history of an item. Right. You know, right. it was just bought at an antique store. So, for example, we have a sad iron, a very heavy old-fashioned iron that we let people handle. It didn't belong to the Kendricks. We don't know the history behind it. Um, we have several. So, in that case, we decided to let people pick it up. Feel the, feel the weight, and that's how that adds value to our collection. Now, coming back to our this year's theme, mm-hmm. talking about their ranch life, what are some of the changes that you guys had to make up there at the mansion? Uh, are all the photos down, and now we got pictures of them out on the ranch and things like that? Were they able to do that? Oh, man, this family loved photography. We have so many photos from them, and this is a really great opportunity to show them. So every room has a huge... Uh, text panel right outside of it that talks about the ranch and this year we're featuring more photos in those panels so you can see pictures of the family you know branding cattle and whatnot it's a really good opportunity to talk more about that aspect of their life that we don't usually talk about at the mansion yeah were there any items that you got to pull out of the old storage shed for this one (laughs) our very nice collection storage space (laughs) (laughs) has some saddles from the family so for the first time um really we're exhibiting all their saddles we've got six of them yeah up in the ballroom and so people can come and take a look at those up close and personal now i think about like my father's saddles i think he has somewhere around five or six now they're all working saddles Uh but he he had one handmade specifically for him uh quite a while back and it's pretty ornate uh it's about as ornate as my father gets uh you know uh, leather but so what does some of these saddles look like like i would expect maybe for the money and and the time that they spent out there he might have had a pretty comfortable saddle well i don't know how comfortable they are and they look nice these um we have one from each of the four family members 
and they were made by Al Firstnow in Miles City, Montana, and he was a pretty famous saddle maker, but these are straight out of the catalog. I can find, they all have the style stamped on them, and I can find them in the catalog. So um, they might be more personalized. For example, Mrs. Kendrick's initials and their son Manville's initials appear on their saddles, but otherwise they're pretty straight out of the catalog. Oh, wow. We so. do have um, a child saddle that they bought for, you know, when the kids were little. They're all stock saddles. But um, the one that's different is a side saddle that Mrs. Kendrick's dad bought her in the 1800s. And, wow. Um, it's all labeled saying where he bought it and that he got it for. Well, we don't really see that very mm-hmm. much anymore, do we? Side saddle. Yeah. Very specific looking saddle, too. They are. Yeah. They are. Have you ever ridden side saddle? I have not. Neither have I. Doesn't look comfortable. <laughs> I, never, I always wondered what, I mean, I get it, the dresses Lady and the like. bustles and everything. It would be very difficult. But, uh, yeah, that doesn't look like something that I'd want to do. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, we'll continue with the Trail and State Historic Site. This is Public Pulse on 930K, are we? And 103.9 FM, Sheridan. St. Patty's Day in grand style with the Irish band Dervish. This six-member band, renowned for their live performances around the world, will take the wild stage Thursday, March 17th at 7.30 in a splash of Irish culture. at the Y.O. Theater, March 17th. Get your tickets now at the Y.O. Theater box office or online at yotheater.com. In honor of National Doctors' Day, March 30th, Sheridan Memorial Hospital recognizes our physicians. The board and staff thank all of our doctors for their commitment and service to our community. We are fortunate to have a wide array of physicians in over 20 specialty areas. If you want to thank your doctor, like Sheridan Memorial Hospital on Facebook, and you can post your special message on our page for us to pass along. Sheridan Memorial Hospital, medical excellence right here at home. Are you a professional in the mechanical trades? Powder River Heating and Air Conditioning, a family-owned company, is currently hiring commercial construction plumbers and service plumbers. Benefits include year-round employment with great pay based on experience and performance, health insurance, life insurance, a 401k, paid holidays, vacation, and travel time. Ready for a change? Apply online at powderriverheating.com or email kent at prhvac.com. Powder River Heating and Air Conditioning is an equal opportunity employer. 
It's spring cleaning time, and few things make you feel better than having a clean, shiny car or truck. It's almost like driving a new vehicle. Everybody seems to be checking you out. Feel that way again with a stop at Martini Detailing. The Martini crew will have you looking shiny and new in no time. They'll even pick up and deliver your vehicle within the city limits. Hey, it's not too early to get a gift card for Mother's Day as well. Visit Martini Detailing today at 409 Broadway in Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. Joining me for this portion of the show this morning is Site Superintendent for the Trail and State Historic Site, Sherry Shada, and her new educator, Interpretive Ranger Lindley Mayer. All right. See, I can I can learn. Yeah. <laughs> now, Miss Mayor, can you tell me what an interpretive ranger is? And we were discussing during the break, your sites that you have to go to, uh, there's three of them that you kind of have to visit. Yes. So, Wyoming State Park's historic sites, uh, this is the very first interpretive ranger position we've had, and we're kind of giving it a go. And we're broken up into five different districts. So for the Absorca District, which is what Trail Inn Historic Site is in, has Fort Phil Kearney, Trail Inn State Historic Site, and Keyhole State Park. And so I get to go to each of those places. And my job is to connect our visitors with our resources, whether that be cultural or natural. So it could be the mansion. It could be uh, going over to the fort, having those resources, the military uniforms, et cetera. Or it could be over at Keyhole State Park with talking about the Ponderosa Pines or talking about fish or really those are the resources and I get to help make it meaningful and relevant to our visitors in a number of different ways from producing social media to exhibit signs, trail signs, or in-person programs as well, say 15, 20-minute programs about some topic that I choose to talk about. Uh, giving tours, giving hikes, and having a lot of that in-person interaction. I'm also going to be working on just some impromptu activities that visitors can come and be able to participate in and really kind of give a feel for what we have. And I really like this new position because your job is to make history more tangible. It is, yes. Uh, We like to say we're connecting emotionally and intellectually. So, One of the things at Trail and State Historic Site that I'm going to be doing this summer is working with kind of the toys that uh, Manville and Rosa May would have been playing with back in the day. And so we've gotten a number of those similar toys that then kids today will be able to come in and play with, and we can talk about similarities and differences and really get a feel for what it might have been like to live in the mansion. You know, you bring up those those toys, and I instantly think – about those old metal hollow toys that were basically just kind of formed into a shape. Uh, but is is am I right on that, or is this do they predate even those? Would they even have those type of metal toys this far west at that time period? Sure thing, yeah, they definitely would have. I'm going to concentrate a little bit more on the wooden building blocks and kind of the wooden ABC blocks, and they also had. Uh, different men that you could like wooden guys, uh, clowns, acrobats that you could kind of stack up on each other. 
Uh, like the old ladder things. Exactly. That, yeah. Yes. Oh man, I even I had one of those when I was a kid. God, how old am I? Okay, so uh, dating myself. Now you haven't been doing this very long. Exactly how long have you uh, have these positions even been active? Yeah. So this very first position. There's now two of us. Uh, but this very first position started at the end of last May. So I've been doing this since the end of last May. Uh, I was at a site prior to this, so I've been doing this kind of work for about eight years now. Um, but, yeah, this actual position in here in this district has been, what, roughly eight, nine months. So are, are you from this area, or did you have to show up and learn everything that you possibly could as fast as possible? I, the, the latter. The <laughs> latter. <laughs> uh, I moved out to Wyoming whenever I was what, 22 and started working for state parks. And I was back in the southwest corner of the state at Fort Bridger State Historic Site and got to get started as a summer seasonal, working during a, throughout the summer, telling the history, and then was able to get on full time and kind of worked my way through uh, some of the system there. I found that I just, the interpretive part, getting to really talk to the visitors and connect them to what we were doing, that was my favorite part, and I wanted to really be able to concentrate on that. So when this came open, I already knew that we had some wonderful sites and parks up in this area and had visited, and knew Sherry was awesome, was going to be great to work yeah, with. Yeah, what a great boss, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, I was very excited to be able to do that and then to be able to really concentrate on this work. No, that's fantastic. I would love that job. I love history. Uh, but uh, I, obviously, I chose uh, a different path. But well, it's working for you. Well, and, and <laughs> one of the best parts about this job is I get to talk about this stuff as often as I'd like. And and now, Sherry, Fort Phil Kearney. Yes. You are now also the superintendent of I Fort am. Phil Kearney. So mm -hmm. congratulations on that. I think that's absolutely amazing. Uh, there's so much history up there. Uh, I mean, how long, uh, Miss Mayor, how long did you have to study uh, that history? I only got about uh, a minute, minute and a half left. But <laughs> Sure. So I had a background in history, uh, new military history, that sort of thing. Didn't know much about the history here. So starting in this past May is whenever I started really focusing in on a lot of the details to be able to present. It's been a lot of reading this year, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. <laughs> All right, Sherry. But it's been wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's one of the best things about history. The more you learn, it's like a rabbit hole. Man, you know, especially for a curious mind. Once you start learning, you get that little nugget. You know you can find other ones as you go down. Start reading journals from back then. Start reading letters. Uh, literally getting it from the horse's mouth on a lot of these things. It's it's. Fantastic. Now, Sherry, I got about uh, 30, 35 seconds left, somewhere around there. When can I head up to the mansion and how do I do it? We open for the season on April 1st and we'll be open seven days a week from 1 to 4 p.m., including weekends. And uh, we will expand our hours starting June 1st for the summer from 9 to 6. So come see us. We're open every day, including holidays. Go up there. See how this, uh, these people lived in, in stark contrast. 
on the ranch and at home. Ladies, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. We hate unnecessary fees. At First Federal Bank and Trust, we offer local cash management services to save you time and money. We're here to help local businesses succeed, not make money from fees. Costs are on the rise, and just like shopping for insurance, your current cash management services could use a review. Contact Kim Wells and learn how First Federal's business products and services benefit you. First Federal Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hi, it's Steve Mann. Have you heard the commercials for the Mark Patrick Stop Smoking Seminars? And they said only $49.99, and it could work for you. So I thought, that's not even a week's worth of smoking. So I went, and guess what? It did work for me. You know, my friends and family are still amazed. I quit smoking. I didn't have cravings, anxiety, or weight gain. Listen, I don't know how it works, but I know it works because I'm living proof, and it's 100% guaranteed. So what do you got to lose? I'll tell you what you got to lose. A very bad habit. Join Mark Patrick Seminars and stop smoking now without cravings, irritability, weight gain, or your money back. Only $49.99 guaranteed. Become a non-smoker with hypnosis designed to work without anxiety, irritability, or weight gain. For only $49.99, become a non-smoker. That's right. Seminar Friday, March 25th at the Ramada Hotel in Sheridan from 8 to 10 p.m. Registration starts at 7.30. Weight loss seminar starts at 5.30 and stop smoking at 8 p.m. Come celebrate St. Patty's Day in grand style with the Irish band Dervish. This six-member band, renowned for their live performances around the world, will take the Y.O. stage Thursday, March 17th at 7.30 in a splash of Irish culture. at the Y.O. Theater, March 17th. Get your tickets now at the Y.O. Theater box office or online at yotheater.com. Full-time employment at $24 to $26 an hour with a comprehensive benefits package that includes sick leave, vacation, retirement contributions, and paid holidays? Sound good? Have you considered a position at the Fulmer Public Library? They are currently hiring a network administrator to oversee the operation and maintenance of computer equipment, library web presence, and computer security solutions. Interested? Get your application packet online today at SheridanWildLibrary.org. From Jill Bates in the Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP, News Talk 930. K-R-O-B, Sharon.